So I think we'll start today with a trigger warning. Um, our episode is on mental health um, and we're probably going to be going down deep and into dark places, um, depression, anxiety, suicide. Uh, so if anyone listening thinks that um, that might be a trigger for them or that's not something that they can really deal with right now, um, you know, maybe bookmark this for another time or another day where you're feeling more up to it. Um, but yes, mental health. So we were just literally just reading an article um, in the Sunday paper today about how Australia apparently has the highest – um, second highest use of antidepressants in the world, which is kind of doesn't tie in with the image I guess totally you have of Australia. But it's also we were just saying that's probably the reason actually because yeah. there isn't space for that side of life. Yeah, in, exactly. Yeah, everyone's being, just expected to be great and jolly and yeah, know, having an awesome time. Yeah, going other. out for a beer. Actually, it's so funny. I um, a couple of weeks ago at after work drinks, someone was like, "Oh, how's it going?" And I was like, yeah, you know, I read this really cool thing in the paper about, um, I'm not in the paper, in a, some science website, about how they figured out, like, you know, that you can go back in time mathematically, like, using yeah. this formula. And that just wasn't this, people slowly started backing away from me. Yeah. They're like, yeah, nah, so you've been watching the tennis. It's very superficial. You're not meant to answer with anything. Yeah, no, than, no, you no. Know, oh, great. You know, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. Everything should be right. Yeah, yeah should, be should, right. Be, should be right, mate. Um, yeah, but apparently underneath that surface, um, people are really struggling. And this ties into um, something else I heard or read recently about depression being the number one cause of morbidity. Yeah, morbidity worldwide. So the yeah, number wow. one, yeah, like the number one marker of disease, which is crazy considering all the technological advances and, um, you know, advances in health and the really like comparative luxury we live in compared to literally any other time in history. Yeah. And yeah. considering the vast population out there that is still, you know, struggling to get vaccinated and still yeah, dying from that yeah. kind of thing. And- yeah, so something has gone uh, awry, I guess, and something's gone missing. Um, and it's interesting, a book that – actually, I think it's – is it your book? Or, I don't know. It's from this house and it ended up in my house. Um, Reasons to Be uh, Alive? Right, uh, yeah. Reasons to Stay Alive. Reasons to Stay Alive. By yeah. Matt Haig. Um, Not it, one of mine. I haven't read that one. Oh, it, it's, it's really good. And so he starts off going um, – talking about his journey through depression and how he kind of came out the other side. And it's interesting because, um, you know, we're the Zen friends and recently we've become more similar than I'd like to admit, <laughs> Nicholas. To, yeah. yeah, I think we, I think if you told me this when we first met, I'd be like, no, that guy's too chill. I hate and he, him. He doesn't, no, no, I hate him. I was like, he doesn't get it. Like, life is serious and Nick doesn't get how serious, serious it is. Um, but I think in Anna's first intro she called me like the reformed perfectionist (laughs) who's worked hard um but this book actually reminded me of it's been years now but I think uh probably around six years ago I had a period where I was really struggling with my own mental health and I've been I endeavor to be super super almost too open about it to anyone that wants to listen only because um the thing that's worse than going through something like that is the stigma and yeah. feeling alone going through something like that. Yeah. It just compounds everything. And so for me, I think 
it was, yeah, around, I think it was about halfway through uni, like really everything was very serious um, and doing really well at uni. And then suddenly, um, I don't know, it just kind of became really clear to me my mind wasn't working. And that's like when people are like, well, like depression isn't being sad. Um, it just, like one day I woke up and I was like, something's like, it felt like my brain, like something had gone like was broken. Yeah, that's so interesting. You could you could just feel that it was yeah. off. Yeah. You can feel that it's off. And then what happens, or what happened to me was I felt that it was off and then I started freaking out. Yeah. And then you feel like something's going wrong and like you can't get your mood up or things aren't feeling the way they used to. And then you start freaking out and then it becomes a spiral of like um, caught up in these thought patterns and um, like kind of spiraling and it starts yeah. to spiral out of control. And I was really lucky in that when I was in grade six, actually, um, I went to a fancy school for a couple of years um, and there was a school psychologist and one of my friends in grade six was being bullied and so um, everyone in our friendship circle had to go and sit down with the psychologist and I was like, I came from like a lower socioeconomic (laughs) school to this fancy school and I was like, what is this? Like, and we just kind of, I remember going to this lady's office and it was so nice. I just sat down. She asked me some questions about how things were going and I answered. She seemed to care. And <laughs> it's always I, nice to talk to I know. Parents. It was always nice. It's always nice to talk about like, and it wasn't like she was asking me about school. She was asking me about my yeah. feelings yeah. and it was great. It was yeah. really like, hey, I like this, this psychologist lady. Because how often does that happen in anyone's life? That yeah. They're about how they're feeling exactly. by someone who genuinely wants to know the Exactly, answer. exactly. And not like at drinks when you're meant <laughs> yeah. to talk about the tennis. Um, and I really, I'm really lucky that that happened at that time because my initial impression of seeing a psychologist or seeing a therapist was like, it works and it's great. Yeah. And so when um, in uni, when things started getting a bit awry for me, it was like, oh, look, I should go see someone. And that was yeah. just, it was hard to get that momentum going. But for me, there wasn't that stigma around, oh, that's a weird thing to do. It was yeah, just, why would I do that? Yeah, why would I do that? Who are really, really sick yeah. and like, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're like, you know, they need to do Yeah, exactly. Like really weird people. It was just like, oh, no, I know that if I go and do this, I'll, I'll probably start to feel better. And, you know, it wasn't like quite so simple it took a while maybe about uh i don't know a better part of that year of seeing someone who was fantastic and i have to add i was lucky to find um a psychologist who was really good and really understood i felt really understood me yeah yeah. and gelled with and also it was free which (laughs) now i'm like kid good work yeah Yeah. like you know at uni and you have all these support services that are our our friends now yeah now it's like bloody expensive yeah so i did good (laughs) which is like (laughs) being a little like freeloader my free therapy please um and there's no limit so i could have gone for years but anyway point is like uh, i was just i i am so grateful in the sense that it could have just if i hadn't done that at that point it just could have taken a totally different route and but the you know like having that um idea about like psychology and like seeing a shrink and not having that stigma around it really made the whole a really big difference for me so i found since then and i've i've in my friendship circle it's been super open like yep if you're having troubles or if you're thinking this way or you're struggling say someone like Mm. just there's no ifs or buts about it like the you know if you feel like it's a weird thing to do it's not like I've done it I know a lot of people who have and I've had 
friends say, oh, that's actually kind of useful because otherwise I wouldn't really, I'd come to that, oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. It sort of helped them develop an understanding that it's an okay thing to do and and that it's not for people that, you know, particularly, you know, crazy is the stigma that people always associate with it. Yeah, and not just like, not just an like okay thing to do, but so like also just a good thing for (laughs) everyone. I'm just like, I really think just there like it's never a bad idea to no, see a no, therapist why would it ever be a negative <laughs> yeah no really and it's really interesting because later on in uni i because i was studying a bit of psychology um i did a unit on just therapy on yeah. psychotherapy and what works um it's like you know well documented how um effective it is but actually the number one marker of its success its success is a relationship between yeah. the therapist and yeah. the and the um the patient it's not what method they use it's yeah. actually like what the um what how well the patient is engaging in the process yeah. yeah and if you can't i guess that's another reason to remove the stigma around it because if you come into it thinking it's like oh i'll be here but i don't really want to do anything because this is bloody weird yeah, yeah. you know you, you might not or get i'm as... not meant to be here because this yeah. is a different kind of person or they're yeah. going to do weird things and they're going to talk to me about my childhood and childhood's got nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, childhood has everything to do with childhood. it. Childhood, everything, <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, no, it, it makes all the difference how willing you are to engage in that. So, um, And it's great that you're open and honest with your friends because it means you've sort of fostered and created a friendship circle yeah. that is open and honest with you about that kind of thing yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of support network is just great for everyone involved exactly. in that friendship. Exactly. And that's the other thing as well is like that time, I am so grateful that I had people around me who created space for those conversations. Yeah, yeah. And And you're right, like to this day, like in our group of friends, I like everyone talks about everything actually. I was yeah, rem- yeah. oh my goodness, I was thinking about this conversation that I was having with someone um when we went hiking a couple months ago now yeah. and we were talking about like our weirdest internet habits. Like, do you remember <laughs> this? And you kind of walked away and you're like, I'll let you guys deal with this. Like <laughs> we were just we were Kushi and I were just talking about the weirdest stuff we do and like <laughs> it just got really like kind of and then also linking it to our childhood, like <laughs> Hmm, okay, because how are everything we comes everything comes at childhood. But then after that conversation, I was kind of like just so grateful to have that space there of like yeah. no judgment and like just creating those spaces to be vulnerable, because that's what it yeah. is, right? And I think coming back to um the early how we started this with like why is there such a high rate of um depression and mental illness, I really think it comes back to those spaces not existing anymore. Like yeah, those spaces yeah. to be like just totally real, like no, no filter, yeah. <laughs> like no Instagram filter, but just yeah. really um, connect with each other and see each other. Um, I think are kind of diminishing, which is sad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you can't, you can't help but wonder how much things like Instagram have fed into that diminishment of genuine human interaction and, yeah. and you know, being able to, have those conversations with friends because it is on the rise, anxiety and depression, as yeah. is social media. So it's sort of, you know, where has that interaction gone? They've, yeah. They have 
uh, they've done a study on um, they tracked anxiety and depression in teens. Yeah. Um, and it was a longitudinal study over like in different generations. Yeah. And in this generation, it's skyrocketed. Yeah. And it's literally, I think they then did a follow-up study to pinpoint like what it was. And it's a smartphone. Like really just the <laughs> yeah. constant yeah. comparison, the constant thinking of yourself and your struggles as weird in light yeah. of everyone else's happiness. Because people are really going to post a picture of, oh, I'm really struggling with my emotions today, yeah. feeling a bit sad. You know, yeah. no one posts that. So yeah. people think they're unique in exactly. feeling negative. Yeah, exactly. It's just like there's no – there's no, and even if it's, if it's sad, it's kind of like a beautiful sadness, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's not like, oh, God, I haven't moved off my couch yeah. in like it's a day. It's not kind of – apathetic yeah uh, you know hollow sadness yeah that, that a lot of depression can be it's, yeah the yeah. ugly like you know the ugly st- like the ugly side of it that's yeah, really yeah. um not yeah the unsanitized side of yeah. it and that's not just the real side of the it. real the yeah. real side of life and that's not just um you know the case with people who are depressed or clinically clinically depressed it's kind of a part of something that we all go through like yeah, yeah. it's just a, a given in life those really ugly moments and I just I've been lucky I guess we're lucky to have like places to go with that sadness like conversation with some friends a couple of weeks ago was like there were tears and like oh my doctor said I need to go up on my antidepressants but like oh I don't really want to and someone else saying no my doctor said the same thing and like other people chiming in and out and just Creating those communities is so important to not make people feel like alone, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's because that's the real killer, I think. I remember actually when I was seeing this um, psychologist during, you know, six years ago, and all most of my friends were amazing, but this one girl I used to be friends with <laughs> who was kind of like, So, what do you do? Do you just like go and talk about your problems? <laughs> and I just like remember just like the laser focus, like, I cannot believe you right now. Like you have no idea how like broken my head is and you're asking me shit like this. <laughs> like just, oh, what? And like I was lucky that everyone else kind of got it because then yeah, everyone was just yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know. It was good that you weren't the minority in reacting that oh, yeah. way to that question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, man, don't even, yeah. Oh. But then the other side, I guess, I guess the other side of how – I kind of came through that or through other periods in my life that have been more difficult um, has definitely been, you know, obviously having the space um, with friends and things, but creating the space within yourself and like creating, allowing those feelings to yeah. be there and like yeah. allowing. Um, and it's it's a hard thing to say, I think, when you're, if you feel like your mind isn't really quite working, like that's where you need to kind of go beyond yourself and go. Yeah, and look seek for, sort of help from, from an outside source. Yeah, outside yeah. source. Um, but I guess the second time that I had to see a um, psychologist was after my mother died and it was yeah. a very different – it was actually really, really different. Like you'd think that uh, – I mean, I would have thought that grief and depression were quite similar, but actually yeah. – the de- when the depressive phase was like my brain wasn't working yeah. and w- the grief was like just this very like it was rational but yeah, it was just yeah. like this heavy feeling that I was carrying around with me and that's where it was really important I guess to create space for that and yeah. create um and c- like 
give myself the time to really just say, look, I'm like not going to be okay for a little while. And like, I need to just work through this. And my, um, my grief counselor told me this story and it's amazing. I still repeat it like often now, but the first day I went to see it again, lucky because I'd had this good experiences with shrinks before. And I was like, okay, another one of these, like, let's go see this woman. And I didn't, I didn't want to be there. Like it wasn't a pleasant like kind of thing. And she said to me, oh, look, I can tell by your demeanor that you don't want to be here and that's fine. Um, But, you know, you're doing a really brave thing by creating this space for this feeling right now and it'll serve you well in the future, which now I'm definitely feeling. Um, And she told me about this um, this patient that she'd had who had gone through a lot of losses in his life, like parents early on, um, a sister, and then he got divorced. And then I think in his early 50s, his dog died. Yeah. And the dog was the trigger. Like yeah, the dog okay. was the trigger for every single one of those losses. Yeah. And um, all the un, unmourned, um, what am I trying to say? All the healing that he had to do for, for yeah. every single one of those losses. And she said, you know what? It wasn't as though, oh, like he got a free pass and it was like, oh, okay, like so many tied up, like two yeah, for one package yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, no, he had to go back and be like, this is what happened with my father and this is what yeah. happened with my mother and this is why I got divorced. And, rah, rah. Yeah. and so it's like the more you push these things down, the more they look at some point, you'll have to kind of come back and deal with them. Yeah. Have to deal with them. So, Which is funny because that's not exactly a... Um, a new new concept yeah like people, people are aware of it as a cliche you know yeah. that you know, oh don't bottle up your emotions yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but we still do but it we still do it yeah. yeah that's the thing it's like oh yeah don't do that but then we don't create the spaces to allow those but well, emotions yeah, exactly. to not be bottled it's, it's, up it's theoretical at that point it's i know i shouldn't bottle this up but who am i gonna talk yeah, to yeah exactly but like uh look at all this delicious beer <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you know like this yeah. is a fun way of dealing with it yeah. and it is though like you know what it's it's not easy to have to go through and like just sit there and like talk about your feelings and just sit there and cry like that's not easy but yeah. it like ultimately i just can't even begin to tell you like how much I got out of that. Like yeah. it just, and I think in total I was counting because oh, recently I was like, I haven't seen a therapist in years because <laughs> it's like, because at that, during that period, it was like such a thing in my life. I was like, whoa, that, that's, that's means it kind of like worked in that, in that time. Yeah. Like doing they, pretty they well. They did their job. They did a good job. Um, but not just for those like kind of more chronic um, situations, but also just, going forward and now coming back to why you and I are kind of similar now (laughs) in like finding ways of like finding beauty and meaning in all of the like stuff that life throws at you. Yeah. And um, in the book, uh, Reasons to Stay Alive, towards the end he says he's got like this list of like things that make me feel, I don't don't know the exact title of the chapter, but the idea is like things that make me feel alive. Mm -hmm. And it's just a list of the most random, beautiful (laughs) things that make sense to him. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, um, I think like certain poetry and like hugging his wife at 1am or whatever. But the, yeah, the flip side is coming to see those little details and, um, and really not just ascribing like, oh, isn't that nice? But kind of seeing that as like, the reason the reasons to stay alive like the reasons being alive is so beautiful like the sensory experience of taking in um 
this like not to sound wanky but like every <laughs> like taking in a sunset or taking in like Which the birds yeah or like taking in like i am often just like whoa look at that tree <laughs> like yeah, you know the, yeah. the this not just the fun stuff of like oh i got a promotion but just the mm. sensory experience of um all the life and magic that's happening around us i can categorically say would not have i wouldn't have come to this understanding now if i hadn't gone through what those periods early on in my life I would I can I can say categorically I would probably not even be here I'd be working at some law firm like (laughs) frantically like life is very serious yeah I would be like really working myself to the ground achieving 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 yeah um and so the flip side of I guess coming through coming out of a darker period is seeing the beauty and the magic yeah which is important And, and I guess to to hone in on that a little bit more as well I think not just with, I guess, mental health, but with everything in life, I think society is sort of built on this system of focus on the negatives, not on the positives. Yeah. As like they're the defining part of any experience, not the positive part. Yeah. So you go through a friendship, for example, that's great for 20 years and then maybe you have an argument and suddenly... The friendship is based on the argument, not the 20 years yeah. of joy that it brought you. Yeah. And it's really easy not to stay focused on the positives when you're facing a negative. Yeah. But I think that's also a product of like this ego-based living, no? Like yeah. when yeah. you're just like, oh, 20 years, but then they did me wrong yeah, and they exactly. really undercut me yeah. and like this hurts my sense of self so deeply that I'm going to cut this yeah. off as opposed to, oh, uh, you know, like I have a lot of love and compassion for this person and yes, I can feel the blow to my ego, but I yeah. rise above that and I see that um, I'm bigger than this and the value of this is, yeah. you know, greater yeah. than that. I think I was, a quote that I really like was, anything other than love is you being caught up in the drama of your own story. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, I think it's quite true. Like when you're... Did this happen to come from the other book that you've recommended? We read shit your ego says. Ah, oh, no, that was this was another. This is some internet but quote, <laughs> but yeah, no, shit your ego says. That is a great book as well, <laughs> which is sitting on the table. I think yeah, this book is, exchange. Right um, yeah, no, but overcoming and it's again, it's interesting because in that book he goes through the same thing, like this this period where you're just stuck in your own head and you're like. Yeah going back and forth, thinking of yourself as so small and like, no one cares. I'm going to, yeah. When I was going through this period, my kind of that thought pattern, I was like, I'm all alone. I'm really all alone, like very much alone. (laughs) And it just kept going and going and going. And then at some point when you realize that you are not your thoughts, right. And this is the thing as well. This is, wow. This episode is just useful shit. Therapists (laughs) have said to me over the years. That first day that I saw this, the first lady who was really helpful, and I was like, oh, this stuff in my head. And she was just like, you know, you th- you can think it, but that's not you. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's so helpful. <laughs> that's so helpful right now because I'm freaking out that I am every single thing that I'm thinking. Yeah. And because I'm thinking all this weird shit, that makes me this inherently flawed human. Whereas how often have we all thought really weird shit that doesn't yeah. actually make sense with ourselves at all? Yeah. Like you're up somewhere high and it's like, what have I jumped? Or yeah, yeah. Or, you know, what if I hit that person who's saying Yeah, exactly. Really yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like that. Know, but you're not that person. Yeah, so. you're not that person. But it's such a simple yet profound thing to it grasp is, yeah. when you realize you're not your thoughts. And that's, yeah, that other book shit your ego says. Um, when he realizes, like, 
that all this, all those thoughts are this other function of his brain yeah. and he can watch it. Like that's why it's yeah. shit that your ego yeah. says. Like your ego says everything's terrible and you're worthless and rah, rah, rah. Yeah. And then, but then the thing is, and again, this isn't just this guy, this is everyone. There's always that other quieter voice in, inside you and like the stable, calm, um, loving voice. Yeah. It's like, no, everything will be okay and that's fine and it'll be all right um, and you'll be okay. So... Yeah, no, that's a really good one as well. Yeah. Although for, I think a slightly different, like a slightly, that's more kind of when you, when <laughs> you kind of like. Related to sort of maintaining yeah, a good Yeah, state exactly, of mind or exactly. Whatever. And that's the other thing about mental health that's interesting for me now is that it's discussed now in the context of just when things go really yeah, wrong. Yeah. But good mental health is so much more than that. It's like the yeah. same thing as physical health, right? Exactly. Like it's not just the absence of disease, but cultivating um, like wellness. And I hate that word because this industry now, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. cultivating wellness. what it means to like have, you know, be clear headed and be calm and yeah. be, um, you know, not, not kind of grasping onto things with your monkey mind yeah. all the time. Yeah. And this kind of Zen meditative stuff now I realize is just, having very like having good mental health like well, and, it's, and it's practice like, yeah you know, the, the healthiest people physically aren't the people who become morbidly obese or, or get diagnosed with a physical condition and then start going to the gym yeah until they maybe lose weight and then they stop again yeah until yeah, they yeah, get yeah 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 exactly again. they're the people who can go regularly yeah week absolutely to week, day by day and yeah. stay physically healthy and mental health is the same the people who are exactly mentally most healthy i suppose to use that term again are the people who meditate daily they're the people it's, who it's practice wake up at 1am to hug their wife and, yeah. and take the joy from that and, and things like that yeah it's funny um actually i didn't really even want to record this today because i just had a terrible like this morning with a lot of um my kind of old triggers like <laughs> things that would trigger my anxiety just uh not to be specific but just kind of Work-related stuff yeah. and and oh, law firms really stress me <laughs> yeah. out. Like, really stress me out. And so yeah, this morning I had to go to this thing that I knew was going to trigger me in some ways. Yeah. But now, I guess the habits that I formed is I've, I'm just kind of really strict with it. And firstly, the question is like, do I have to do this? Yeah. And you'd be surprised. More recently, I've tried to apply this even more stringently. Like just because someone invites you to something that might really cause you to like not. Like not distress, like hopefully not physical distress, but just like kind of you know that mental. Oh, I really don't want to. Yeah, it's not going to be good. It's I'm doing this out of obligation. You can say no, which is something a lot of people struggle with immensely. Yeah, no, and I definitely am this person. But more recently, I said no to something that I knew was going to really mess with me if I had gone to this thing. And the guilt initially was like, yeah. oh, no, but I have to go. And the minute I said no, like the lightness and <laughs> I just felt so much better. Like all this worrying just kind of faded into nothing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, like whether or not I attend. Yeah. But for my inner state at that point, huge difference. Um, yeah. So that was the first thing for me today. I was like, oh, do I have to go? Well, I actually I did have to go to this thing. <laughs> yeah. So then after that, it became a way of like minimizing the block. Like, yeah. you know, how can I set boundaries around this so that it doesn't suck as much? Like, it doesn't trigger <laughs> it's me as not much. not damaging or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like not that I would have, like, you know, I, I can say I think maybe like years ago it would have really triggered like some kind of 
panic attack. But yeah. um, just today it was like, okay, how do I limit this? And so for me, it was like, okay, I'll go for this amount of time. And then I'll say, hey, sorry, I have to excuse myself. And like not even provide an answer. It doesn't have to be like, I have to go because it's absolutely my dad's birthday and <laughs> yeah. it's his last birthday because I know I'm never going to see him again. Like you don't need to come up which with... Which is what people do. Which it's, is what, yeah. Like, i got to come up with a lie Like the best. You can just say, <laughs> hey, I can only give you my time up until this yeah. point. And that's it because I value my inner state too much, right? And then so I did that as well, which helped. And then this afternoon was just like, oh, I got back and... You know, I wasn't having in a really terrible place, but I was just very tired yeah. and not, you know, normal chirpy self. And it was just like, I know now over years of practice, the things that can make me feel better. And yeah. it's, it's amazing in this book. Oh, I was saying just then actually, that list of that's so unique to you. That's not yeah. like things that'll make me feel better. Oh, I'll, you know, go. I'll and, Google it. Yeah, I'll Google it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things to make your soul feel good. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, Google's not going to give you a good answer. There's an like, objective list. Yeah. There's an objective <laughs> everyone feels very, <laughs> yeah, very good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess the objective answer is alcohol. <laughs> but <laughs> no, you know, that's that's a mask. But no, things that make yourself feel good. Um, and so when I got back this afternoon, I was kind of like, all right, oh, I don't want to, but like plan of attack for like things <laughs> yeah. that make my soul feel good. So then, you know, I like... Went and lit some essential oils and then got into nature and then did a yoga class. And then I made soup because I knew that, like, it was bloody hot today, but (laughs) I just kind of knew that the process of making making, soup would make me feel, like, better. Like, just make me calmer. Like, you know, and just kind of rebalance my mental state. And it worked because now we're recording this and it's fine. You're chirpy as that. Yeah, it's all all fine. But um, it's exactly what you were saying, that practice and cultivating that conversation with yourself about checking in with yourself. Like, what is this kind of disrupting the, you know, and, you know, one of the um, metaphors that's used a lot about the mind is like, you know, the still water. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, calm, clear mind is just like, just still. And then I guess it's about cultivating that, um, conversation with yourself and noticing those ripples, like those slight, even the slightest ripples, because when you ignore those and then they keep getting louder and you keep kind of going into situations where the ripples just like, you know, you're adding all this energy there and then it just becomes this whole situation where you're like, Oh crap! Yeah, now I'm overwhelmed. Now, yeah, now now it's too much. Now I need bigger strategies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's and it's like it's the same as physical health, right? Like you know, you ignore like the slight symptom and then you ignore it again, and then four months later you're at the doctor. It's a huge thing. (laughs) Whereas it's like earlier on and like giving, I think like yeah, giving yourself permission and not even permission. Like there is nothing actually nothing more important than your mental health. Like nothing because. You can't perceive the world through anything other than that, like the lens of your own mind. (laughs) There's like even things like, oh, you know, relationships and people you love, like you can't love them fully unless you love, like you love yourself and you cultivate that inner compassion and love for yourself. Like there's just nothing that's more important. Um, Yeah. And we should create those spaces to let people do that. Yeah, definitely. And the more people that are aware that it's okay to have those spaces and they should be fostering those in their lives, the better. Absolutely, yeah. And just to know that, like, yeah, you're never alone in those struggles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.